Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Planet Patrick podcast. This is a particular series that is occasionally shown on Planet Patrick podcasts called Where on Earth, where I meet up with and interview somebody who's fabulous, who I've met along the way, and try to understand something about their story and about how we're here at this moment in time. Remember, you can get the Planet Patrick podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patrick Hughes and this is Planet Patrick. So today I'm meeting with Kerry Houston. Kerry, it's lovely to have you here. Thank you, Patrick. (laughs) It's lovely to be here. We got to know each other... I think in 1997. It's like five years ago. Well, sadly, it's nearly 25 years ago. Five years ago. Yes. (laughs) We haven't aged a bit in the interim. And I think the first time that we met was in London at the Apollo Theatre in Hammersmith. Hammersmith, yep. And for those of you who've been following the vlog and the Riverdance Revisited series, which is available on the Planet Patrick YouTube channel, you will recall that... I discussed the fact that the singers kind of got together and gelled in London and slowly started to interact with the group of dancers. And Kerry was one of those leading dancers uh, in London. And we gradually got to know each other as we got to Canada and Vancouver. But in particular, it's when we came to Calgary that I think we got to know each other. Yes, we did. So... We had been together in the hotel, the Century Plaza Hotel in Vancouver. Then we travelled across to Calgary, but you didn't stay in the hotel. No, because I live in Calgary. So after Patrick and ourselves spent three months in London rehearsing and training for the show, and we headed off to Canada... Um, it was all very exciting for myself, especially because after that long period of time, we were going to be coming home. For me, we are going to be coming home. And I got to introduce all my friends to my family and vice versa. And it basically just turned into a big extended family welcome, didn't it? It did. I, I remember in particular meeting your mother. <laughs> so Kerry's mother is called Sally and on the Irish dance scene, Sally Houston is a well-known name. Yeah. She's a force of nature, <laughs> a big personality and great crack. Yep. And you would see her coming with her shock of red hair. Yeah. Can I say that? Will Absolutely. She, yeah. yeah. With her shock of red hair and her free giving of hugs yeah to everybody everyone's her baby yeah and yeah. and because we were away from home and missing people there was something in what your mother was bringing to us that brought us that sense of feeling at yeah. home yeah and so in a special way calgary has a little bit of that feeling of home for us i think yeah do you remember when she brought the full christmas dinner to the theater <laughs> It's true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> we so like I say, we've been away since yeah. the beginning or no, November some. Yeah, I think, time. I think November nineteen ninety seven. And then so by the time we got to Calgary, it was March. None of us have had a home cooked meal. And how many months was that? Well, uh, to four months. And most of us first time ever being away from home. Yes. Right. So it was a lot of 
Kentucky Fried Chicken sandwiches and mm -hmm. Burger King. Whatever you could get out of a they, sandwich store. Or, or whatever a, was or, open yeah. at, at midnight, yeah, well, that's true. basically, when you yeah. finished the show. And so Sally had decided she was going to cook um, Christmas dinner for everybody. Now, 102 cast and crew, isn't that what it used to be? That's when it was the full complement, yeah. that's right. So she was busy cooking and she was making like crock pots full of gravy and turkeys and ham and mashed potatoes like in a barrel. Um, and so we're all on stage and it was a matinee performance. It was a Saturday or Sunday at the Jubilee. That's right. And all of a sudden we're on stage and it's the finale and we start getting wafts of like <laughs> turkey and gravy and stuffing. Oh, we were salivating. Oh my god. And we were all on stage clapping. Yay! And all we're getting were all these whiffs of food. Yep. And I think it was Porig Moyles. Yes. Who were standing clapping. He's like, she's here, she's here, I can smell it, I can smell it. <laughs> and Porig, by the way, is now the director He's of Riverdance. Yep. But that that day was also funny for her because not only were we getting the home-cooked meal, but Sally was coming in, and as Patrick says, with this firecracker red hair. Yes. Um, she's fun size as well. Like, she's five foot five. Yes. That's generous, but yes. Five, no, like, she's five foot. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, in heels. So, when you enter the Jubilee, there's all these signs, no food or drink beyond this point. That's no right. No food or drink yeah. beyond this point. And Sally's coming in with... The, the silver tinfoil um, like bulk big, big big of, tin Yeah, the things. big bake-off like oil big, trays. Yeah, yeah, these massive tins. And she's like, oh, nothing to see here. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. And she set it all up in the girls' dressing room. That's right. It was like, like U-shaped dressing room mirrors and, and chairs and tables. And so that was all set up around there. And then we all came off stage. I took a plate of food and went home. I went home for lunch. Yes. Um, and then, so Sally and I came back because she dropped me off and she came back to pick up the stuff. And it literally looked like vultures had well, ascended on this dinner. Vultures had done their uh, There was nothing left. And yes. I'm not kidding. There was like a crock pot of gravy that was empty. It was empty. <laughs> it was got like it was licked. <laughs> I have visions of that 24 years ago. And yet what I wanted to understand was you weren't born here. No. Where were you born? Tell us about that. I was born in the north of Ireland in Bellamina, County Antrim. And I'm, well... I was born there, and I had my first birthday on a ship to South Africa. And then I had my second birthday in South Africa. Third birthday back in Ireland. And then fourth birthday in Canada. So I've been here wow. since four. So we're not going to mention how long ago that was. <laughs> but do you have any memories of South Africa? Uh, not really. Like one or two images I would remember. But not, I don't have any... No, I don't. No sort of conscious. And we remote. went to South Africa because my parents had applied for a visa for either Canada or South Africa. Okay. And the South African one came first. Oh, okay. And so that's why we went there. And then that they just didn't like it or at the time um, with the troubles and whatnot. And then the visa came through for Canada. So they went back to Ireland got all their stuff together and then headed to Calgary. And Calgary was where they first 
stop. Like that, this is where we landed and this is where we stayed. So, so there wasn't a sense of lots of people would go to Toronto first or maybe Vancouver. Why Calgary? Do it, we know? Calgary was booming. Calgary was okay. booming. Yeah, it was just booming. It was the place to be. Oil and gas, all that jazz was on the rise. So and this was the place that was just developing, developing, developing. And it continues to boom. Yep. Yep. Um, if you've seen the Calgary video that I've been sharing on Planet Patrick, you'll see these great skyscrapers reaching up into the sky. And even back then, 24 years ago, Calgary had that sense of a place on the rise. And e even mm -hmm. since that, I think there's new towers and oh, new yeah. buildings yeah. and new corporate uh, buildings that are mm -hmm. here. So it has changed. But I think something that hasn't changed is when you look out, I'm looking out beyond the camera. And for those of you who are um, listening on the podcast, I want to paint a very brief picture for you. But there's a circle of mountains that reaches out from the right-hand side as I'm looking right across the skyline. And they're tipped with white caps of snow. And the sun is starting to set and gold is reflecting off the white tops of the mountains. It's a beautiful place. Is it somewhere that when you live here, are you conscious of that? Yes and no. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, yes, because when your friends come to visit, there's always something to do because you're like, oh, we have to go to the mountains. Yes. But when you're just here, you forget sadly that the mountains are there you take them for granted because they're just on your doorstep so there's there's something in the bringing together of people i mean back then 24 years ago it was the same we wanted to go to the mountains well for example like think of how many cities we went to towns small towns towns cities you name it in the show right I think that, I think I went to 65. So that was a lot. Yes. <laughs> right? and some, some of those were on repeat. So but maybe it was 50, 55 total. When you think of some of those, and we were in the middle of literally nowhere. That is right? true. And we yeah. just went from our hotel room to the theater, to dinner, to the hotel room, and repeat, repeat, repeat. There was just nothing to do. There was nowhere to yeah. go. So it was when we were in places like those that I personally was like, oh, really am pretty lucky living in Calgary because there was so much to go and That's see yeah. within an hour's drive of where we live. Yes. Right? Yeah, there's and there's so much. Yesterday, we got the chance to travel up to Lake Louise, yep. which is stunning, and to Banff. I stayed in the show from November 1997 until December 1999. So I was two years and a bit in. How long did you stay? Seven years. Was that all in dancing in the show? No. I did a three-month period working in the head office in Dublin. Ah. Yeah, helping the dance director, Carol Levy. So you hadn't lived in Ireland, per mm -hmm. se. So you were born in Ireland, had your first birthday, then South Africa, third birthday. But you hadn't lived for an extended period in Ireland. Mm -mm. What was it like moving to Dublin? Um, it, it was different. <laughs> it was cold. It was rainy. And it was summer. Like it was, oh, it was, yeah. it, like, it was in April, May, June. Yes, like I think that. it was. Yeah. And there was maybe 10 days of sunshine. And that was a bit sad. Can you, well, that's, 
Well, that's, now, I'm afraid, par for the course. And coming from Calgary, yes, we get minus 40. Sure. But as you saw yesterday, it was cold, but there was blue sky and sunshine, right? That is true. So, loved Dublin, had a blast in Dublin. Obviously, yourselves and other well, friends that weren't in the show anymore were, lived there. So, we had a great time. Yes. Wouldn't change that for the world. I barely remember any of it. Um, but, but, <laughs> but I mean that it was good fun. <laughs> um, but the, like office life, that was fine. But I just wasn't done. Like I just wasn't done yes. dancing. So it was like, no, I want to go back on so the road with the gang. You so. came back then yes. to the show yep. and finished out seven years. Yeah. Was that all in the Lagan Company? Yep. So all you were through. Were you with the Lagan Company until start it ended? To finish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Start to finish. Wow. Yeah. That's a that's a long endurance. How do your bones survive that? I don't have bones anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Her legs are just a series of shin splints. They're shins. <laughs> They're rubber. <laughs> After the seven years concluded, did you move straight back to Calgary or go somewhere else? I had tried to get residency, actually, into the United States. Oh. Because I wanted to live in the California area. Okay, how did that go? It didn't. Ah. It didn't. It just We tried to get through in the arts and entertainment visa situation okay. but no it just didn't happen and in that time I had stayed with friends in Berkeley and friends in uh, just outside of LA and that was all fine and dandy didn't work and then just came back home to Calgary to continue teaching because our family has a big Irish dance school so what's the name of that Irish dance school Houston Academy of Irish Dance and how long has that been going it was just shortly after we moved to Canada that Mum, Sally, opened up the school because she danced her whole life in Ireland. Right. And she taught in Ireland yes. under her teacher. And then when she moved here, she once she got settled here, it was like, right, I'm starting up my own dance school. So since 1979, the school must have something of a reputation in Canada. Yeah, well, we're the longest established school in Calgary. Throughout all these years, there's been national titles, regional titles, um, world metal holders, um, other dancers from the class after me that went off to Riverdance. So, yeah, it's been pretty successful. That's pretty amazing. Proud of them. <laughs> so, you've been a teacher of Irish dance. Yep. As well as a professional Irish dancer. Yep. But you've also widened your skill set into something else. Can we talk about that? Yes. I'm thinking of the very famous... <laughs> Do we say Kerry designs? <laughs> My sister and I always made our own dancing dresses. Wow. Simply because we didn't have the money um, to purchase dresses from overseas, like from England and Ireland, where most of the costumes were made. My sister and myself, we would be at home embroidering, hand embroidering all our own wow. costumes. So Kim was a good drawer. We always had a, an eye for color and design. Mm -hmm. So that worked. That was all fine and dandy. Uh, for those of you who are not watching in the video, Kerry is wearing a very bright pink top <laughs> and it's vibrant. I've been to her home and this is a theme. <laughs> so with your dance dresses, yes. have you carried that love for colour through your dancing designs? Oh, yes. Yes. Bold is better, okay. if you ask me. It's just more eye-catching. Yeah. You know. And I guess when you've got a lot of equivalent people dancing on stage, yep. you know, a nice dress will yep. stand out. Yep. And there's there's controversy about the costumes being too over the top, too blingy, too sparkly, too much. It's about the dancing. It's not about the costume. Yes, that is true. However, you're performing and you're competing. Yeah. 
and you need to look at your very best when you walk on that stage. Your job when you go on that stage is to attract the judge's attention. Yes. So if you walk on the stage looking like a champion, the judge is going to look at you, right? The dancing is up to you, but your first impression that's who the judge is going to watch, whoever makes the best first impression. I'm, I think this might have been my problem in Irish dancing <laughs> at, as an eight-year-old in Newry Fesh. Let's just say I didn't win any medals, but it was great to be part of Riverdance as a singer and to witness the professionalism and skill of everyone who was involved. There is this ancillary business that exists around Irish dance that perhaps if you're not in the world of dance that you don't know about, and that is the dresses, the wigs. The tan, everything, the shoes, the socks, the embroidery, and then there's solo dresses. Yep, that's what I make. Okay, yeah, so it's solo dresses. Solo dresses yeah. And then if people were dancing in a in a team, then they're all in the exact same okay. costume, and it's a much more simple, more traditional Look, design. It's a big business. It is a big business. Yeah. One of the things we're always fascinated about on the Where on Earth version of the Planet Patrick podcast is places in the world that people love. Now, if I've looked at your Instagram account, I'm seeing a lot of the colour turquoise. Can you tell us why? Yes, because we're obsessed with Turks and Caicos in the Caribbean. How did that come about? Well, I went for a milestone birthday to a place in Mexico. And we went to Mexico, we had a lovely time. It was wonderful. We had always done cruises like for a holiday and we went on cruises to figure out where we wanted to go one day for like an all-inclusive, that kind of okay. holiday yeah. vibe, beachy vibe, we're beachy people. Okay. And um, so we went for this milestone birthday in Mexico and it was just really kind of, hmm. It was beautiful, but it just wasn't that off the plane and go, wow. Then, so we got on an airplane to go home and we were looking through a magazine on the airplane and there was this picture of turquoise water and whatever vacation package it was. And I was like, that's where we're going. And we looked and we're like, where's that? And it was like Turks and Caicos. And we're like, well, where, where's Turks and Caicos? Yeah, I wasn't sure that I knew. So we literally got home and then two days later had Googled everything we could possibly Google about Turks and Caicos. And then I think it was within two weeks we had our first trip booked. You have returned since that, since that original trip? Yes, many times. Maybe you could tell everybody who's listening and watching how you've developed this interest in the Turks and Caicos Islands into something a little bit deeper. Well, and when we first went, it was literally that moment you get off the plane and you smell the salt air and you're like, oh my gosh, this is paradise. Yes. It's that, first of all. So everybody go. It's amazing. And then you see the pictures of the water in the magazine and they're so turquoise. And then you get to the water and it's like nothing you've ever seen. The pictures don't do the actual water justice it's amazing so from that we just like we instantly fell in love and have since like our goal is we want to have a piece of land there we want to have a guest house or something there uh, we just love it we just instantly fell in love with it the people everything and with that love we then COVID hit and obviously we couldn't travel and what that inspired us to do then was share our love of the islands um 
with everybody, you know, everybody was looking for an escape during COVID. And we just started an Instagram page on basically everything we love about Turks and Caicos Island. And unbeknownst to us, there's this underground world of people that all are obsessed with Turks and Caicos. And we've just wow. built this huge community family um, of people who love it. Um, people email us and ask us for advice on where to stay, where to eat, you know, should they be RBO? What are the best beaches to go to? So it's just turned into this whole thing. Can I ask you, what is VRBO? Uh, vacation rentals by owner. Same as Airbnb. Airbnb ah, that okay. Type of vibe. I didn't know that. So VRBO, VRBO. vacation rentals by yeah. owner. And they're all, like, they're the same kind of setup. It's like, you go on the site and you can search places, right? Okay. Um, so, yeah, loads of people have, it, it's just turned into this thing. Loads of people come and ask us our thoughts about where to do, where to go and what to do. And we've made some really great connections on the island and lots of great friends. Um, we're not just going as lonely travelers anymore who don't know anybody. We're actually going to meet people that have become really, really close friends. And, um... So, if anyone wanted to look up your Instagram, where would they find you? They would find us at Corks and Tacos on Instagram. So, at Corks, C-O-R-K-S. Yeah, and Tacos. And T-A-C-O-S. Yes. Okay, we'll also leave a link in the show description and on the YouTube description, so you can just click through to see the Instagram. And I promise you... You're going to love the photographs that Carrie and her husband, Byron, share there. It's a whole community of people who love that turquoise glory. It's a vacation on your phone. Well, <laughs> I'm willing to take a that. <laughs> particularly if it's free. There's something in particular I've been thinking about and that I've been reflecting on the channel more widely, which is that for vlogs like mine, perhaps for your Instagram regarding... Turks and Caicos, that is there a way for us to keep on investigating, looking, showing our interest and curiosity in these places and sharing that with people? Is there a way to do that which is sustainable? And part of that is monetary, but part of it is also keeping your energy high and your interest and, and feeling involved. How have you started to address that question <laughs> well <laughs> um so obviously we love the ocean um we basically spend every day dreaming of the beach wanting to be at the beach so our way of keeping that alive for us again during covid these magical little things come out of covid there is good there is good in covid um we opened up our own apparel line. We started our own apparel line of sustainable swimwear, men's and ladies, and t-shirts and a range of hats. And all the swimwear is, most well, most of the swimwear is made from um, recycled uh, fishing nets, plastics, oh. all that sort of stuff, garbage in the ocean. They're all uh, recycled, they're woven into uh, nylons, and then those fabrics from those nylons are made then into the swimsuits. There's this theme of sustainability, but this is your business, right? Yeah. What's the relationship between this line that you're doing and your Instagram account? Um, our Instagram is Corks and Tacos and our apparel is Corks and Tacos ah. apparel. Yeah. Okay, so it's branded it's with branded your... 
With quarks and tacos, yeah. Okay. And we felt that we had such a great following and community in our quarks and tacos Instagram that that would be a good flow over into the apparel. You were telling me just before about your tagline. What's that? It's not just beachwear. It's a state of mind. <laughs> That's just how we live our life. We we work hard to get to the beach as many times as we can during the year, and especially now with things opening up a bit more um, due to COVID. Um, it's we just want to be at the beach more and more. I think that's an admirable idea. <laughs> I have something Planet Patrick shaped to share with you. <laughs> if you haven't already seen on my Instagram, I've been working with Carrie and her husband Byron to think about whether there could be a line of apparel or branded merchandise related to Planet Patrick. So some people got in touch and said, we'd love to buy a baseball hat if you had one. If you've got t-shirts, let us know when that happens. And so you're seeing me wear Planet Patrick branded baseball hat and this is a flex fit this is going to be our high-end hat that's going to be available from february 2022 onwards i'm so excited they look really good they look really really good and thank you so much for your innovation and <laughs> using your expertise to help me our embroidery expertise yeah to think about what it is that i could do you know yep our so pleasure i'm excited about that we're coming towards the end of today's podcast as you look out across the vista of Calgary behind us. Where else in the world would you want to go? I know you've got this love for Turks and Caicos, and that'll always be there in your heart, but is there anywhere else that you really want to visit and spend time? Cabo. Oh, hello. Tell us more about that. I would like to go to Cabo. So I think it's easy. I think it's convenient. I think it's not too far away. And I think it's an inexpensive option to experience beach life. Now, if I'm right, I've mentioned Cabo before. It's in Mexico on the Baja Peninsula. Yeah, the, tip, the very tip of the Baja Peninsula. Was there something in particular that drew you towards Cabo? Well, we have friends that moved down there um, recently. Uh, they've been going down there many years with a timeshare. And then they've recently just moved down there. Oh, brilliant. Full time. So... Between them sharing their like their restaurant bills, their their electric bills, water bills, all that, it just kind of makes you think: Why are we living places that we pay so much? You know, and that's that's a question that all of us ask. I mean, there's many draws to the places that we do live. Some of them are with regards to family, or we've got responsibilities, or our jobs are based in a particular location. But perhaps when those things are more flexible or open, it creates an opportunity yeah. to visit and perhaps even live in different places. Well, and like yourself, you're a creative, a creator, right? You can do a lot of what you do anywhere in the world. That's right? true. Yeah. And uh, it just kind of seems like one of those places that would be a decent home base for all of that because it would mm. be inexpensive. Maybe I need to go for a future visit. <laughs> Shall we? <laughs> I'm intending to book for you soon. <laughs> Is there any question that you want to ask me as we come towards the end of this podcast? <laughs> that might be no, by the way. I think what people don't know about us, like, yes, you're here, it's Calgary. But we met and became friends way back then. And anytime we've seen each other since, like... There's a small group of us within that big world of Riverdance that have just kind of remained 
Yeah. Solid, right? It's true. Yeah. And so I couldn't not be here with Kerry in Calgary. There's a coming home to our friendship. Mm-hmm. I'll get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> no crying, no crying, darling. <laughs> I'm totally emotional today for some reason. He's hungover. I am. There's... There's a there's a coming home here, both in Calgary and in our friendship. And those kinds of friendships are very rare. Mm-hmm. They need to be nurtured and the love that we have for one another shared. Yep. Thank you so much for being here for this episode of the Planet Patrick podcast, Where on Earth Edition, with the ultimate star of Irish dance, <laughs> Kerry Houston, Von Trapp, Del Mar. Until the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm Patrick Hughes and this is Planet Patrick. <laughs>